Wing Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 272, Sun and Fun 2021, Part 3. Hey everyone, welcome to Sun and Fun 2021. We're doing something a little unique with this show. We're actually going to go back to some of the chats from the deck on day one, but uh, I did want to have some of the folks say hi here from the podcast that are working here, working real hard. I do want to shout out to Rick Felty, Tom Frick, and everybody else that's working offline right now and everything that they do. Uh, They stay up at night and edit these podcasts so that you can actually be here with us even though you're not physically here. Hey, Russ, uh, I know you've been doing some interviews. We're going to have some come up that we did on the deck today. So, uh, and excuse me, on day one, I know it's a little bit out of order, but we did some great interviews today, and they're going to be also on an upcoming episode. Have you been able to get out, do some seminars, or watch some seminars, or look at some airplanes? Well, yeah, of course. Uh, I've gotten a chance to go walk around, and look at quite a few, uh, quite a few of the airplanes. I really like the uh, Pipistrel Panthera. We talked to them earlier today, which will be on some future episode I think but uh, but really neat airplane uh, went to some seminars got a, got to get around and worked on the deck with you a lot which was a whole kind of new thing for me so it was very exciting yeah that was a lot of fun working on the deck today and uh, and you'll be hearing those interviews coming up don't forget snfradio.com you can find some of those chats from the deck interviews of course the ones that we have done for the stuck Mike avcast you can hear them right here on the podcast. Also, Bill English is here, and he's been out and about doing some interviews, checking out some of the vendors, and uh, actually, this will be your last day at Sun and Fun. You're going to be heading home, but I wanted to say, uh, see how you like the show, and say goodbye. See you next year. Uh, yeah, we've been out there, you know, carrying the heavy weight for these guys, you know, doing the hard work of walking around here, checking out airplanes, the vendors, all the different shops. Got a couple interviews uh, that you'll hear tomorrow, maybe, I guess. So we'll keep those uh, as a surprise. But uh, more and more airplanes are still streaming in. Uh, more and more people are still streaming in. It's a great time. Uh, got a lot of uh, fun times doing that today. So thanks, Carl. We'll be, uh, we'll be back. We'll be back on a, a further episode. We appreciate what you've done, by the way, Bill, and all those interviews that you've been getting out there in the field. Normally, we have a lot of other people out there in the field doing interviews, but uh, a little short-staffed in general here at Sun and Fun with Sun and Fun Radio. Uh, don't forget that's liveatc.net slash SNF. You can actually listen all year long if you want to hear some of those interviews. But without further ado, let's go to day number one from Chats from the Deck and all the interviews we did on that first day. Actually, who's going to be leading us off is Eric Crump. So let's go to those interviews. Now entering cruise flight. Chats from the Deck Live, Sun and Fun 21, here on Sun and Fun Radio. Take it away, Carl Valeri. You know, Dave, this is actually really exciting for me because uh, one of the reasons I actually came here to Lakeland is to help out with Polk State College. And uh, what an amazing program they have there. Joining us today is somebody that, uh, actually the person that started the program and has been inspiring many aviators. Hundreds of thousands of people have come through that program. And uh, hats off to the gentleman who's done that, 
And that's Eric Crump. Eric, welcome. Welcome to the show here. Hey, Carl. Thanks for having me back. And uh, I know Dave had to step away, but it's uh, it's interesting. This, uh, this radio station has uh, played such a huge role in both of our lives yes. over the last little while. I was joking with Carl earlier that we only really met because of Sun and Fun Radio um, and uh, had known each other for a long time, but actually met for the first time on the back deck yes. back here at Sun and Fun Radio. And um, and uh, quickly cemented our internet friendship into an actual, <laughs> real physical one, and uh, and it's led us here today. So I'm I'm thrilled to be back. Always happy to uh, come join you guys on the the first broadcast of the first morning of Sun and Fun. I'm, it's it, I missed it last year, so I'm doubly happy to be here this year. Yeah, we all missed it last year, but you know we're happy to have you here. And and Eric, it's interesting because. A lot of people don't realize that uh, they can get an aerospace education for a, a very great value, an incredible value, and that's what Polk State does. And, uh, and they don't skimp on education either. There's so many things that they do. Tell us a little bit about the aerospace program. Sure. Is it just training pilots? No. So, And I, I'll build off what you said before. I mean, my, my primary goal with this program has always been access and opportunity, right? Um, it, learning to fly costs money, and there's no, there's no way that that's going to stop being the case anytime soon. So my goal is to always maximize every dollar, every penny the student's going to spend to actually acquire a quality education. No waste, um, total value. And so what we do is not just flight training. We have the uh, pilot program. We also have a maintenance management program. We have the administration program. Think business degree for aviation. And then we were the first public entity in Florida to offer a baccalaureate degree in aviation, which is kind of huge. We've got lots of great private entities in Florida that offer that education, but it comes with a rather substantial price tag. So um, our program offers the same education, the same benefits for our pilots, the same restricted ATP benefits that you get somewhere else um, at a insane fraction of the cost. It is an insane fraction of the cost. As a matter of fact, are we allowed to talk about what that cost might be, say, for a, <laughs> sure. a bachelor's degree? Yeah, so if you came to Polk and had never been in college and never been in an airplane, you're looking to leave our baccalaureate degree um, with having spent about $82,000. Wow. Uh, private instrument, commercial, multi-engine, CFI, um, and a baccalaureate degree. Um, and that, it sounds like a lot of money, <laughs> but for those of you out there that have looked at what it costs to go and, and do this at the college level, uh, you know it's not. And so that was really our, our primary goal. We wanted to make sure that that opportunity was available to folks. We need people, uh, quality uh, men and women, to serve um, in the aviation industry at all levels. Um, and I wanted to make sure that opportunity was available to anybody who wanted it. You know, so people can have a frame of reverence here because uh, some people just, they, they don't want to go into the flying side. They won't go into administration. If someone's going out there to get their, their bachelor's and a four-year degree, uh, how can we compare those costs? Sure. That's a very valid point. I, I, my wife followed the same trajectory. I met her in college. We were both in a pilot program learning to fly. Uh, she went through instrument rating and said, you know what, this isn't for me. Switched over to our administration track and, and the program we were in and became an airport planner. Um, and actually, the reason we moved to Atlanta and I got my start in corporate aviation was because she got a job as an airport planner. That's what got us to Atlanta in the first place. So there are plenty of other opportunities. When you're looking beyond flight training, the cost of, of, the, of the degree is just tuition. And at Polk State, in-state tuition is $112 a credit hour. So $112 a credit hour. So an associate's degree is going to run you about $7,000 or $7,000 $8,000, somewhere <laughs> around in there. I know, it's crazy. Um, and so... You know, when, when you look at the cost of our, of our pilot training or our pilot degrees, 
the vast majority of that, 90% of that, is the actual flight training cost. The degree completion cost at Polk is incredibly low. And because we're a state entity, we get access to uh, federal financial aid, full federal financial aid, in the form of uh, Pell Grants, uh, student loans. Um, So there are lots of financial opportunities available for there for those who need help. You know, one of the most important things I feel is to support our veterans, and, and what better way to do that than through a program that, that enables us, enables them to get an education. How about for those veterans? I mean, what can they do with their benefits? And right. Describe so, a few of those. So the, the GI Bill is an incredible benefit. I think many young men and women um, maybe look at a, a career in the armed forces because of the GI Bill benefit uh, that they know they're going to get when, when they separate from, from their service. And so um, a student can come to Polk and use their GI Bill benefit um, not only for the cost of tuition, but also for the cost of flight training based on the percentage of eligibility that they leave uh, their, uh, their commitment to the armed services. So that's a huge benefit um, in using you know, the, the months of benefits you have. It doesn't, it doesn't use any additional benefit. You're using the same month of GI Bill benefits, whether you're in an airplane or whether you're not. So if you're in the airplane, it's also uh, providing you that extra training cost. You know, we got a question this morning from uh, Army helicopter pilot. And by the way, thanks for your service. We appreciate you emailing us this morning. Uh, you know, what, what can they do? Uh, there's this talk about the fact that they can't use their GI Bill for their private pilot. Could you right. maybe explain that? Yeah, sure. So, I um, mean, 2016, the VA issued guidance um, that previously colleges who owned their own fleet of airplanes um, were able to provide any training they wanted to. But a, a college program could provide VA benefits because it was an institute of higher learning. This is a very short version of a long story. <laughs> so the VA clarified that and said, well, if a school contracts for their training fleet, then that's, it doesn't matter that it's a college. We're still going to treat it like a vocational program, which was a little unfortunate, but it's, it is what it is. They're the overseer. They're the regulator. That's the, that's the guidance they issued. So the VA no longer pays for private pilot at schools that contract their fleet. Polk State is one of those. We don't own our own fleet of airplanes. Uh, as a small state college, there's no no chance that we could ever own our own fleet of airplanes. Um, and so we contract that service, just like we do in our bookstore. When you walk to the bookstore, it says Polk State Bookstore, but it's actually Barnes & Noble. When you go to the cafeteria, that's not Polk State Cafeteria. It says it's the cafeteria, but it's not. It's a food service vendor. So that's a contracted service. It's managed through the program. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the VA does not pay for private. They pay for everything after that. So that's where that traditional financial aid becomes so important. So a veteran can come to the college and still apply for traditional financial aid, just like any other student, and still get funding for private. So it's not just a totally out-of-pocket experience. Eric, I'm sold on this. By the way, where can I find out more information? we got about a minute and a half left. Come to polk.edu slash aerospace. That's your best place. That's everything you need to know about our program and what we offer. And maybe you'll even find some information about our flight team and our really attractive coach uh, for uh, the flight team. Really, What am I supposed to say? He's really attractive, really intelligent. Round and What did you tell me to say? Um, <laughs> best pilot ever. ever. I forgot all yeah, the things. I, I should that. have written that down. Looks like I'm sorry. he's 25. Yeah, I Looks, heard yes. that. But yeah, I, I really appreciate that. All joking aside, by the way, uh, Polk State flight team, uh, just a shout out to them, made it to the Nationals this year uh, due to the support from Eric Crump and the other donors that we've had here That's on the field. That's all you and the team, man. Big I, shout I out. do really appreciate all those who financially contributed. I appreciate my students who really dove, dug, dug into it and Carl who... I do not pay. He gets. I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you a triple raise. Carl. Um, he's an awesome volunteer. He does a good service for our students. 
Eric Krumpa, we're going to hopefully have you back again on the deck, and this is a great tradition. Thanks so much for I'll being I'll be on here. the deck whether I'm on the radio or not, but um, <laughs> I'll see you guys later. Have a great Sunday fun. Wonderful. Thanks again, Eric Crump with Polk State College, polk.edu. Here's Lights Lanehouse. He's on the deck here. Let's say, let's actually, we should probably get him up here to say hello uh, to, to the folks here. We, we kind of, we missed you this morning, but we really appreciate you having you here today. Uh, John Lights Lanehouse, and uh, he's coming on the deck here right now. I'm, I'm so glad to have you here. This, I am so excited that we're doing this here today, and the fact that, that we have beautiful weather and a lot of people. John, welcome. The Sun and Fun Radio. It's great to have you. <laughs> I tell you what, Carl, I'm so excited to be here. You talk about excitement. It's all across the entire facility right now. As people come through the gate, you can tell that they've been waiting for over two years for this patiently waiting oh, yeah. with anticipation and excitement. I feel like a kid on Christmas Eve because about ready to open the presents as they're flowing in here and airplanes are flying. It's an experience of a lifetime to come back to Sun and Fun after too long and be away from it. You know, John, and you see lights on his badge. It says customer service, but he is the man that's running the show. He works all year long here, and I think a lot of people don't realize it's not just this, this air show here. There's stuff that happens all year inspiring aviators. You know what? That was one of the one of the changes we made back in 2000 and. Uh, Probably 2013, 14, we said, you know what? Here we sit on 170-plus acres of pristine property right in the tropics. Why aren't we sharing that with the rest of the world? And we decided to do it. So we opened up the gates. We started bringing in birthdays and wedding receptions and little reunions. And next thing you know, we've got five-day dog shows. we got six-day RV shows. Car shows. And, and we do over 80 events a year. 80? 80. That's eight zero. Wow. It's almost two a week. Something's going on on this campus. Racing around, doing extreme runs. Um, they do school events out here. Always something going on. And guess what it does? It generates revenue. And when we get revenue, then you're able to turn around and help the kids find a way to become young adults and on their way to being successful men and women in America. And, the, and that money that we raise here goes to many of the scholarships, the programs that you do here. Let's talk a little bit about that. There's so many different programs for those folks. Oh, my can God. I, can I step in for one sure. second? Because Hello, Dave. Hey, hey Dave. You lights out. How you doing, boss? Too Glad good to be true. Here. Got a quick question for you. One of the things that I really love that Sun and Fun has done, because it's meant a lot to us, you've opened the campground up. Oh, yeah. You can come and camp on campus any time of the year. And your rates are ridiculously inexpensive, $39. It's because we're not here to get rich on one person. We're here to make a a fair revenue for a great product and share it with more people. So our philosophy is let's get more for less and enjoy it, and we have better a better positive image across the whole spectrum on the way Sun and Fun does business. All right, now I'm going to step away and let Carl continue chatting with you, and then you're, you're going to stay on because our friends with Women in Aviation want you to host oh, with them. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for them to come Sorry on. Another up. another organization that they're they're really inspiring future aviators. You know, we were talking about inspiring future aviators here with Lights and the, and the programs that they're involved with. Uh, there is so much of this that happens here today that goes towards promoting those. We were about to talk about that. Yeah. What exactly happens? What, what, what is Sun and Fun, and what's, what's ACE, and, and what do they do throughout the year? Well, okay, so Sun and Fun is now the fundraising arm for the Aerospace Center for Excellence, which is its own wholly owned uh, company. It's the headquarter building, if you will, the overarching uh, organization that manages the Sun and Fun Aerospace Expo. 
and then it also and then the aerospace expo manages all of the events we just talked about so that raises the revenue and then it pours it into the aerospace center for excellence and they in turn then figure out ways to have classes uh, seminars training events for all types of students and teachers and we do those programs throughout the year whether we're teaching teachers we're teaching students and we go k through 12 we do adult adult learning um literally uh almost every week something is happening educationally out here so we we are uh doing special programs and then we invite students now with our new skylab students will be coming here for science STEM education through aviation in our new Skylab classrooms. That starts August 4th. August 4th. Tell us a little bit about the Skylab. Explain that to us. 22,000 square foot expansion between the Florida Air Museum and the Aerospace Pavilion. There was a big gap there. So we closed the gap, went out, out away from the building, and built this iconic, if you will, science laboratory that will facilitate training 500 students in one classroom, or it can break them down into two classrooms at 250, and then do the math. You can go down to three classrooms, four or five, for individual groups of 30, 40, 50 students. And it's all about hands-on STEM learning. So we'll have wind tunnels in there, a holograph where you can actually look at engines inside. We're looking at trying to acquire a sphere that will actually show you live weather movement so when a hurricane starts developing in the eastern atlantic you can go into this room with this giant sphere and you'll see real-time weather developing on this earth model and as it moves across and develops in the wind patterns and rain and it'll, it shows everything and that's a, that's not a cheap one that's about 150,000 we need a, a donor for that but that's our goal so those are the kinds of learning tools 3d printers You'll design an aircraft wing or a, a fuselage or some component that goes in and then go build it and see how that works. And that'll be done all right there in Skylab. Uh, how, how do they find out more about this? You go on our uh, two websites. You can, if you know Sun and Fun, you could do flysnf.org. Or easier yet, you go to aceedu.aero and it's all right there. You can sign up. For all these different classes. Starting in August, we will bring out every 5th and 6th grader in Polk County throughout the year for science learning. And the 11th graders. And this is going to expand to all grades. But this every student in Polk County will be in this facility starting this summer. You know, it's amazing how much Sun and Fun does for the community here, right here in Polk County. I'm glad you mentioned that. What's one of those other uh, items that they have over here? It's a, there's some type of a, a school that people talk about, this high school. Oh, the Central Florida Aerospace Academy. Absolutely. Well, we own the building, and uh, we then lease it back to the county. They populate it with their teachers, and in combination with several of us on the ACE board, and as well as industry, we help write curriculum for the extra collateral curriculum uh, classes they want to take. They all have to do the core, core, ca- core classes, and then they have options for electives, and we write what those are. Most of them are. Learn to work on an airplane to get your AMP rating. You get your general, your airframe, your power plant. Power plant's not ready just yet, but we can do general and airframe. And then you can go and get your private pilot license. Uh, you can learn to be an aerospace engineer. You can get your unmanned air uh, vehicle license to design, build, and operate one. And you can uh, you can learn to work on avionics and get your what they call intact rating, which means at 17 years old, you can go work on somebody's Baron and uh, start installing avionics. Wow, as a high school student. As a high school student. 
So now these people want to move on. They want to get on and, and get a degree so they can move up in the world. Uh, what else can they do after this, and how does this help? Well, them? we do two things here. We actually provide scholarships for students to learn to fly, about uh, $12,000. And then we also provide $5,000 per student per year to go to a school uh, where they are learning something in the aerospace industry. If, they're, if their uh, major is something to do with aviation, then we give them that $5,000 a year. And uh, so we've got probably 30-some students on that scholarship program right now we've got about 35 to 40 students in flight training we just passed wow. 121 students have gotten their wings several of them are going to get them here shortly after the fly-in uh, my my assistant this week is a as a, a 17 year old junior and he's got his private pilot license and halfway to his instrument he'll be commercially rated as a senior coming out on his way to college Wow. Well, hats off to the Sun and Fun organization and ACE for doing all this. It's incredible. You really are uh, inspiring the future aviators out there from all different ages. That's our whole goal. Is that's, it's, that's in our words right there. It's to engage, educate, and accelerate the next generation of aerospace professionals. And we're doing it in spades. And, and you are doing it in spades. And, and one thing that I, I really want to do is a big shout-out. Uh, you know, Lights, you've run this organization and done a great job. But there's so many people that are involved, aren't there? Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you what, there's no way that whatever I, all the stuff that I just told you could have happened if it wasn't for the volunteers. We've got to have volunteers. They are the heart and soul of what we do. If we had to pay what everybody does out here, pay for that work, we would have no money left over for education, no money left over for scholarships. It just wouldn't exist. So the heartbeat of our existence is volunteers. And then having a great staff that's motivated, dedicated, professional, and get things done, that's the piece that puts it all together. So we've got leadership, we've got dedication, and we have the volunteer that is the heart and soul of our business. Heart and soul of your business all throughout the year, and also the heart and soul of this right here. This yes, amazing sir, it event. is. Boy, things are going great, aren't they? Oh, my gosh. This is fabulous. Uh, the ticket sales, like I said, 30% up wow. over our very best year. Oh, my gosh. It's incredible. Um, and they're flowing in the, t- Tuesday. I haven't seen this many airplanes on the ramp on a Tuesday since back in the 90s. Yes. Yes. I mean, and that's what they, I've been excited about. We're they, having people flying from all over. And, and, and you have enough space. And, oh, by the way, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, 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 we've got the space. They're going to be moving further out to the east and more to the west. And if you go into campground, it was almost full last night. Yeah, that's amazing. By the way, with the campground, he talked about it a little bit. There's more stuff coming, isn't there? Oh, always. We're getting ready to build some more uh, power, water, and Wi-Fi hookups out there. Uh, we're expanding uh, you know, the area that we can do camping in because we need more space out there. So it's a growing area. Our friends from Florida Motor Coach Association, they want to give us $200,000 to build more hookups out there so they can do their big rallies here. They want to do a six-day rally. They've already done it several times, and it just keeps growing. And, and people are going to be able to come out here and camp throughout the year. Absolutely. That's what we, we are a KOA on steroids. On steroids. I love that. Next to an airport. <laughs> I mean, you can't beat that. You know, John, this is awesome what you guys have been doing here. It's so inspiring to see Sun and Fun back again. And I am just, we are back. And, and this is something that excites me. It's something that is, is truly amazing because of the fact that it inspires so many aviators from both the young ages to the old. If you're 9 or 90, you can find something here at Sun and Fun oh, yeah. that will make you happy, inspire you to get into aviation. John, I really appreciate you coming here. You can find them at flysnf.org, by the way, if you want to find out more about the organization, everything from ACE, all the different events. If you want to have your wedding here, you can have your wedding Absolutely. here. Absolutely. We have different events throughout the year. You can find that easily on flysnf.org. As a matter of fact, you guys started this email list, and it's terrific. It keeps us up to date. 
You got it, buddy. And, and I really appreciate, John, what you've done uh, from both the large, you know, with all the scholarships, the high school, et cetera, to the small things that they do. For us here at Polk State College, as you know, I coached the flight team over there. Uh, without uh, Sun and Fun, we wouldn't be able to use the van. I mean, just little things like that that you do for the community that I think is a great thing. And, and it does promote aviation and it inspires people. So thanks so much, Mike. Carl, just so you know, Sun and Fun and Ace belongs to Polk County state of florida which we just run it for them this is theirs this belongs to the aviation community we just manage it at the end of the day this is for them it's not about us it sure is john lights leanhouse he is the president here at uh, sun and fun at ace and uh, somebody who truly is an inspirational aviator if you see him out there uh, shake his hand say thanks for all, all of what you do to help promote aviation to help promote this air show and you know what we're back we're back. <laughs> well, folks, I appreciate you here. LiveATC.net slash SNF. Let's go to a break. Welcome back to Sun and Fun Radio, Sun and Fun 2021. I'm so happy to be here. This is absolutely terrific. I love seeing the people come out here. Got to actually drive in, go through a lot of the different exhibitors, and uh, they are quite excited to be here also. We are kicking this, uh, this virus in the, in the pants, and we are having a lot of fun here at Sun and Fun. You know, one of the things that uh, I do as far as uh, professionally is I, I fly uh, for the airlines, and then I jump into my small uh, general aviation aircraft. And, you know, it, it gets to be a challenge uh, sometimes with, you know, using headsets and going from one spot to the next, and then i got to walk around outside and try to protect my hearing. And I wish I had a solution. I wish I had a solution for all those different environments. And actually, today I am with somebody that has a solution for all those environments. And that is actually uh, Darren Johns with uh, Tactical Hearing, tacticalhearing.com. Hey, man, welcome hey, back. Hey, good to see you, Carl. It's great to be back. You know, real quickly, a little bit about your company, then we'll talk about the product that uh, we wanted to actually promote here today. You know, um, we're just a small family-owned company. We've been coming to Sunnerfund for a m- number of years, grateful that... We're able to uh, have it here this year again and get things started and get our economy and get us back on the map. Amen. We've we've struggled. <laughs> I don't mean to, to pray here, but <laughs> uh, grateful to be back. Um, what it is is we're a custom fit. It's a hearing enhancement, hearing protection system. Um, it's all custom fit, inner ear, though we have our product line we'll be talking about a little bit later is an open fit, more of a traditional type of a hearing aid style um but we in this setting most of our clients about 90 percent of them will benefit absolutely from both sides of our product the enhancement due to the aviation the noise related uh hearing loss happens well we're able to um, assist in the hearing side of things uh, in a fully programmable digital device that also will double as a hearing protection system. Um, and it's micro, inner ear, small. You've got volume control, memory setting buttons, and then anything that hits an 85 decibel uh, sound level is going to instantaneously be brought down to a safe level. Through um, magic. Yeah, from... <laughs> You know, for many of you, you know, your pipes, your, your, your prop, just uh, being on the flight line to doubling to now using it on your, in your daily life as, you know, I don't know if you shoot, uh, but shoot, just driving down the road, depending on what you're, a lot of people struggle with road noise and having a conversation in the car and, and some, uh, some things, right. et cetera. Yeah. 
So, uh, interestingly, I, I think uh, you got your start in the dentistry world, I think, and uh, that high-pitched sound that you get all day long. We do a dentist. lot in the dentistry, yeah. um, and it's been a huge benefit to the actual dentist. Dentists like to spend all their money on on their patients, which is really they're a unique breed of people, yeah. um, and they don't take care of themselves very well. So everything's been, you know, they got the ergonomic stuff going on now, but their hearing gets affected and and you can imagine dental instruments aren't that loud but them day in day out it takes a toll on their hearing well aircraft is a little bit louder and you're day in you know you're not as constant as a dentist well hopefully some of you are but (laughs) (laughs) um you know you're in in the cockpit and around the air the the field you're you're in and out of hangers you're you're working on stuff you're a mechanic you know so all these things take a toll on the hearing and we're here to help you know, we, we, it's a benefit to people that go into many different environments. Uh, for those that are shooters, for those that are flying small airplanes, for those that are uh, jumping from one environment where it's a high-pitched noise all day long, APUs running, jet engines running, to actually piston aircraft. It's actually really easy to find, by the way, uh, tacticalhearing.com, and they're in Hangar C. want to mention that. Come along and, and say hi to Darren. Are you still doing any of the uh, tests? Yeah, I can give you a free audiogram, um, check your hearing, see where you're at. Um, talk about if if i can assist you or not um we're also running a huge special it's our our aviation our aviator series is uh we started it with a 16 channel unit which is a unit we really built specific for the aviation industry due to what we were seeing um shoot 10 12 years ago initially our we had an eight channel unit that we were selling primarily and it just didn't cut it for the hearing loss and the hearing protection side that the aviators need. So we built a, a special unit for that, and we're 50% off um, for this season. And the code is, this is the code, 7844. You come to me with the code, you will get 50% off the 16-channel unit. So if you're listening on liveatc.net slash SNF, seven eight four 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 four, and come by their booth, and you'll get that 50% off. How about if they're online right now? Even if they're online, um, the, everyone's aware of the code in the company, and if you call in, and you, you're going to get that deal. TacticallyHearing.com is a terrific organization. They're at all the different air shows, and I, we're, we really appreciate what they do. If you're into hunting, flying, etc., there's something new that you have, uh, a new line of product. Tell us a little bit about this new OpenFit. Well, see, the OpenFit, we had to, like... Um, a number of companies uh, over the last year had to switch gears, and we needed a product that really accommodated um, not necessarily the the noisy related. Um, this this product we don't do. It has a minor amount of noise reduction for background noise, but it's primarily for hearing, and it's a way to keep the cost down. It's uh, behind the ear, looks pretty standard like your your traditional hearing aid. Um, we're programming it fully for, we need an audiogram that, and we'll program it specific to the individual's hearing needs. And it sits just right behind the ear. It's a little less expensive than your custom fit. Uh, the only difference is it doesn't protect your hearing like our inner ear custom fit hearing protection system does. But it is, we've really gone into production on that model. And and built a superb model for your everyday wear and your everyday needs for hearing. Well, for hearing, <laughs> I was going to say for hearing. 
and and again, one of the things that is interesting about you folks is if I go to my go to your website, I see a lot about uh, you know dentistry, uh, shooting, and hunting, and that type of thing. Uh, there's a lot of people into hunting and shooting and aviation. Uh, if I'm to buy something for aviation, is there there a way that I could use the same tool? I just want to make that clear for going out and shooting. Absolutely. Um, we have designed this uh, product where the individual can get up in the morning, put these in, and go about their everyday use. So you're you're getting up, you're you're going out to eat with whomever, sitting down having coffee. Then you go to work. Then you go to the flight line. Then you go to the shooting range. Whatever it is, you could keep your same product in your ears the whole time. You will always be your hearing will be protected. You'll be able to communicate. We're going to diminish background noise to engage in conversation in all those other environments that you've just been in. Um, and it, there's nothing you need other than that. The only thing you can do on the device is change the volume or a memory setting uh, button for different environments. So if someone, I get this question a lot. Uh, I, I always say the name wrong, tinnitus. Is that how you say it? It depends on which side of the country, country you're, you're on, from. But Florida is kind of neutral, so okay. So it, different parts. Somebody <laughs> might say tin, tinnitus or right, okay. tinnitus. And yeah. for those that are suffering from that, uh, is this a device that they can use? Is it going to uh, actually? So that's another thing we put into that 16 channel unit um, that we have at 50 percent off with the code 7844. Is we put a ten, it's called a tinnitus T-Max. It's a tinnitus masking technology that actually helps assist while these are in your ear, reducing the continual ringing or swishing or uh, everyone's tinnitus seems to be a little different. I have it and it's a constant ringing and the device works great for, for my ears. Talking to tacticalhearing.com. Again, check them out here at Sun and Fun. You're listening uh, to us at liveatc.net slash SNF. Don't forget, we're on 1510 AM. We appreciate all of you that are listening throughout the, the country and the world. Tacticalhearing.com, where can they ship to as far as just, just the U.S. or other countries? We can ship anywhere. Um, we've got global clientele and... Um, We'll we'll see how the shipping goes to get across the, you know, but hopefully things will settle down soon. Like, I'm sure the topic of everyone's conversation is going to be, let's get through this and move on and yeah. business back to, you know, regular. I don't think it's ever going to be normal again, but no, grateful no. to be here. And, but, oh, yeah, we are just blessed to have you and Darren Johns here with TacticalHearing.com. You can get 50% off on uh, their product. 16 channel. Come talk to me about it. Get your hearing checked. Um, you can also look if you're just, you don't do a lot of loud noise uh, stuff, you know, look at an open fit. Um, but I'd love to check your hearing and talk to you and get to know you better. I'm going to take you up on that. Darren Johns, thanks All so right, much. Carl. You know, one of the, the really important things here is to support our, our vendors and also those that are exhibiting here. And today we have uh, some really terrific people here uh, that are helping out folks that are in need. And uh, through the world and also here in the United States. Kyle and Rebecca Stevenson are here, flyawa.org, and, uh, and also they are Wings for Humanity. Actually, wingsforhumanity.org is the one they really want to promote today. To find that at wings, the number four, humanity.org. 
Carl, wait, welcome. I appreciate you coming here today. Yeah, thank you, Carl. And Rebecca, thanks, thanks again for coming up here on the deck. This is going to be an awesome uh, talk that we're going to have here because there are so many people doing so much to help people out there, both spiritually and also physically. Tell us a little bit about your organization, Rebecca. Well, we have the opportunity to be able to serve people from abroad and, and close up. We serve those that are in need and hard to reach places out in the field like third world countries remote areas um there's there's even places in north america here that we serve like up in alaska and in ontario canada where we're able to reach the locals with their needs sometimes we're flying in food sometimes we're flying in medicine um it, it could be a whole host of things as well as we also Uh, do angel flights from our location, our headquarters in Smithfield, North Carolina. We work out of the JNX airport currently. And the the type of flights that you're doing, when you you talk about those angel flights, these are people that are are in need of primarily medical assistance, is that correct? Most of the time, yeah. We we do angel flights for those usually that are struggling with cancer. So cancer patients that maybe they can get to their appointment if it's a long distance, But most of the time, after their treatment, they don't have the strength to be able to make that car ride back home. And so we will fly them back home. It's free of charge to them. They don't pay a dime. We are completely supported by donors from our constituency base of of supporters yeah as a matter of fact you can help out too you can go to wings for humanity wings number four humanity.org and you can help out uh with all these different types of flights the the humanity the angel flights the medevac flights and in many different uh challenged countries throughout the world we were talking about guyana and some of the other countries that you've actually been able to get into uh that's a big network i mean how do you how do you uh you have a vast network how do you handle it it is (laughs) we we're, we're busy i mean the, the medevac flights that we're able to do in country have been not only life-saving to people, but it's helped to build incredible relationships. We've been able to help mothers that are having pregnancy complications, as well as giving hope to people that actually need the medical care. Because so often in these countries, they can get to the hospital sometimes, if sometimes, because right. that's not always the case, but when they right. are able to. They may be able to get there, but then they don't have the means to be able to get back to their families. So not only do we take them to the hospital, we're able to fly them back. So that yes. gives them the encouragement and the hope that, okay, if I need medical care, excuse me, I'll be able to actually get there get and back. come back to my family. And some of the times, even if the, the patients aren't able to make it, the families can have closure because we will fly the deceased back to them so that they can have that that ceremony, the goodbye ceremony and the funeral. Wow, that is that is an, an amazing thing that you all do. Hats off to you. What a, what a blessing it is for, for all the people around the world at uh, wingsforhumanity.org. Kyle, I know you got your start in aviation. You both are, are student pilots, I think you said, but you got your start yes. in in. Uh, yeah, you're training right now, which is great, you know, and I think that's terrific. But you've been around airplanes for a while, haven't you? Yes, yes. I've been an aircraft mechanic for about 19 years. Wow. Uh, I started off in, in Oregon. I went to school at a local community college there, Lane Community College. They had a A&P program. So I went to school there. I got my degree in A&P maintenance for aircraft. And uh, two years later, I got a job working for one of the largest flight schools on the West Coast now, which is uh, Hillsborough Aviation or Hillsborough Aero Academy. Worked there for about 17 years, and then I moved on, and now I'm working with Adventist World Aviation Wings for Humanity. 
One of the things that I, I think people uh, don't realize is you guys have moved. I know you were doing you were in another spot uh, and sharing a, a tent, but now you're in a great location. And uh, wh- where is that again? What hangar was that again? We're in Hangar C, Space Fifty Nine. Space Fifty Nine, and uh, the closest thing to that is who are you? We next are to? right across from Hooker Harnesses. Oh, Hooker Harnesses, of course. Yeah, Hooker, yeah, Hooker Harnesses. That's funny. And go check them out. You know, the the other reason you want to check them out is that you have this incredible raffle going on right now. So, so Rebecca, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? When you first told me, I, I kind of had to clarify. You're giving away what? <laughs> we are raffling a 1961 Piper Colt airplane. And yes, that that is an airplane, real real live airplane, Piper Colt. You wow. can actually fly it. I have flown it. My husband has flown it too. So we're raffling that off, as well as a Honda Shadow. It's a motorcycle. It's a 1998 Honda Shadow 600. Mm-hmm. We've got an iPad and a headset. So you've got four chances to win. The tickets are $50 a piece or three for $135. So come by and grab a ticket. And the the benefit of this is you're not just buying a ticket to, to win some sort of item. You are actually helping us to continue on in the work that we do around the globe. You're helping to save a life. Every $365 is reserved for saving a life. It's a, a, a full tank. It helps us to fly. It helps us to do what we do. That's all? $365? Yeah. $365 to save a life. That's Cheap, a, right? That is, that, oh my gosh. That's I, a lot of raffle tickets. That is, That's a lot I, of opportunities to win something. Yeah, let me look at my <laughs> wallet here. I may not have enough cash. Is there any way I could pay for this otherwise? Maybe with a credit sure, card? Sure, yeah. Awesome. Swing so, by the booth. It, yeah, I'm going to go swipe my credit card. I definitely want to get in that raffle to win the, the Piper Colt and also the Honda Shadow. But don't forget iPad and also iPad and somebody who's for a headset, for an aviation headset, yeah. so they can go fly in their new Piper Colt. Can they win exactly. both Exactly. <laughs> just got to end her a whole bunch of times. That's yeah, and, sure. and then the Honda to get there, too. And the plane. Honda yeah. to get to the airplane. There I, you go. I like how you're, you're going here, <laughs> and you can always navigate with that iPad. So. Uh, absolutely amazing that you're able to partner with people to be able to do this this raffle. And I, I just, you know, I think it's hard for us, especially here, when we go out and we buy ourselves a headset for $800, and then you just tell me that for half that price I can save a life. Yeah. I, I just, it, you know, it's like, well, gosh, I, forget the headset. I'm just going to come over here and, and help out. As a matter of fact, maybe uh, I, I'm online right now and I'm listening at liveatc.net slash SNF, and I wish I could get involved in the raffle or be able to help. Uh, how would I be able to do that online? Go online? Well, at our website, Wings for Humanity, there is a button right there at the top that says Donate. And you can donate to our cause and help us to continue saving lives. If you have further questions, even about the raffle, because this is so new, it's kind of like our pilot station, literally, right. for beginning this raffle. Is here at Sun and Fun. It will the, the the information for the raffle will soon be on the website. It's not there yet, but we're getting there because right, right. it's that new. But you can email us at info at flyawa.org. And you can ask questions about the raffle. You, you can even make a donation as well for that. So reach out to us. There's a number to call as well. And our, our head office, that's 919-938-2920. We'll get that information out there. It's FlyAWA or also fly, WingsForHumanity.org. Uh, so I'm going to get this question I know afterwards. Uh, if I'm somebody that really, I like to volunteer, is there any way that I could give, maybe not monetarily, but uh, me physically go out and yes. help out? How, how would I do that? Contact us at that, that address, uh, info, or call the office. And 
there there's many ways that you can volunteer you know there there's even being out here with us at these sorts of events you know letting people know what's going on and helping to recruit there's also other means if you've got a gift maybe you're you know, mechanically inclined, or maybe you have some sort of carpentry set, or maybe you just want to do a short-term stint in the field, you know? There are many different ways that you can volunteer, even being ambassadors for the, the work that we do. You can go around to businesses, you can go around to churches, you can go around to other individuals and share the ministry. That is a huge aid to us when that word goes out. So how do you actually uh, raise most of your money to be able to do these flights? Is through these donations? It's all through donations, 100% donation-based. We're not sponsored by anyone. We are not um, lifted up through any sort of church conferences or anything. It's all donation-based by all of the networking and the con- constituency base that we have, the supporters that we meet. Well, that's awesome that you guys do this. Uh, and Kyle and Rebecca Stevenson, I really appreciate both of you being here today. Well, thank uh, this you for this us. has been awesome. And I think what you guys are doing is incredible both for, for both the body, the physical part, and also for the mind and the soul. And, uh, and it's something that I think people don't realize goes on in this world. It, and it's neat to see a shining light during such a kind of a dark time right now. And, uh, and it's wonderful to see you folks out there providing that light. And also, don't forget, you can get something free, too, by <laughs> going out to the raffle at their booth. It's in Hangar C, uh, right near Hooker Harnesses. I know they've been there for a while. Uh, but check them out. They're very friendly people. Kyle and Rebecca Stevenson. Find them at uh, Wings for Humanity. That's a Wings, number four, humanity.org. And also flyawa.org. They're giving away a Piper Colt, a 1961 Piper Colt, awesome airplane, and also a Honda Shadow motorcycle so you can get to the airport, go fly your airplane, an iPad, so you can definitely navigate. And, of course, you need your headset so that you can hear. Guys, thanks again for being here. Anything, anything else you want to tell us about the organization in the last 30 seconds here? Just uh, come on out, check Change out Change life. The last angel flight that we did was for a COVID patient that he and his wife had suffered. He recovered. His wife died. He needed to be relocated from Savannah, Georgia. We flew him back up, up to North Carolina to be with his daughter. Both he and his daughter started Bible studies, and they were just baptized a couple weeks ago. Awesome. Changed life. It happens. Life-changing. And find them at, yes. at wingsforhumanity.org. We're going to go to a commercial break. You know, joining me on the deck today is Russ Wazleski. Russ, welcome back to the deck. This is awesome having you again here this year. Carl, it is fantastic to finally be back here two years. And, uh, you know, in some ways it flew by, but other ways it's been a long time. Yeah, it sure has been a long time. It flew by, and, and that's not just a figure of speech. I'm Carl Valeri. We're here on the deck with Sun and Fun Radio. You can listen to us live all day. And also these interviews are actually transmitted throughout the year at liveatc.net slash SNF. And you know what? This is one of my favorite times during the day because we do the Women Shine. It's the Women in Aviation Organization, <laughs> WAI.org. Definitely go out and check them out. By the way, I'm a member, too, and I actually love what they do, and I love how they inspire women and people from all over the fields of aviation. Joining us today is uh, Jackie Carlin. Jackie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carl. Thanks for having us here. Yeah, this is absolutely awesome because uh, we've been itching to get here to Sun and Fun, haven't we? Oh, my gosh. You have. I, no, I think we all have an idea. We've, we're just so happy. We were driving in yesterday, and it was like, oh, my gosh, we get to see our people. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie, you know, uh, you have a position actually with Piper Aircraft. You're the Senior Director of Marketing and Communications, and uh, you've been doing that for a while now. I have. I've been at Piper about 14 years now. It'll be 14 years in October. So, yeah, it's been... Uh, 
been a fun ride with them. Piper Aircraft, which has a, a storied history here at Summit Fun. Their old Piper building's right over here. Absolutely, yeah. In fact, in the past, that building was used to build the Navajo and the Cheyenne and the Chieftain. Navajo, Cheyenne, Chieftain, we're going to talk a little bit about that. I have uh, Actually, that's where I am as a tenant. A lot of people don't realize that even down at the end there, there's a brick building, and that's where they had uh, the simulators there. So it's absolutely... That's exactly right. Uh, and now it's still being used after all those years. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's and, great to hear. Yeah, there's flight schools in there using Piper Aircraft, uh, like our school is at, at Polk State College. And also joining us on the deck here is Molly Blackford. Molly actually is somebody who's involved in a chapter. Tell us a little bit about that chapter here in Florida. Uh, I first want to say it's an honor to be here. I'm so happy Sun Fun is back in person this year. It's just been so much fun so far. Um, but yeah, our chapter is the uh, Space Coast Florida Tech chapter at uh, Florida Institute of Technology in Melbourne, Florida. And what we do, um, I, I'm currently the president of the chapter, and what we try to do is, since it's a student chapter, is really expand on the uh, the networking. So we bring in guest speakers each meeting. Uh, to really expand the connections we have between the students and also their professional connections uh, with the industry professionals, too. Well, we appreciate your being here. We am, it's amazing what you guys do. Uh, it's, uh, you do this all through volunteer work uh, and your days off. Uh, and, and it's terrific to see people that are promoting aviation and promoting people that, that look like themselves. And I think that's really important. So let's talk a little bit about women in aviation because some people uh, don't know, Jackie, what exactly women in aviation is and what their mission is. So Women in Aviation overall is, a, is an organization that's actually been around for a number of years. Um, in fact, I was a student at Embry-Riddle, which was quite some time ago, in fact. Um, I graduated in 1994, so I went to my first Women in Aviation convention at the Contemporary at Disney when I was a student at Embry-Riddle. So, and, and they existed even long before that, thanks to the um, vision of Peggy Chabrian, who set up this wonderful organization. But beyond being an organization that really is designed to uplift women and encourage careers in aviation, they're an organization really for anybody that's in this in this industry that supports um, mentoring women. So, so men, women, all are welcome. They do a wonderful job um, exposing students to scholarships, which I think is one of their greatest, greatest advantages is the number of scholarships they're able to get for people on an annual basis. But they're also a great network of women trying to help each other and mentor them into our industry and through their careers. And that's something that I think is really important to, to point out is the fact that they're, they're a big tent. They want everybody to join. And they have one of the, some of the best, I should say, shows out there for getting people involved in aviation and mentoring. Without a doubt. I mean, their show is truly um, inspiring, but it's also um, just an amazing network of women from all different aspects of aviation. Because sometimes when we get in our careers, like me at Piper, sometimes we forget how large this industry truly is. And to see all of the military representation, the airline representation, corporate aviation, business aviation, general aviation, I mean, it's an amazing opportunity to really see the, the amount of um, scope that they have. So specifically, like for your career, did you see that women in aviation somehow helped you? Without a doubt. So I've made a lot of wonderful um, contacts within the aviation industry, and a lot of them I consider to be part of my brain trust. Because throughout our careers, there's times where you need help, you need guidance, you need input that you can't necessarily ask of your colleagues. And the women that I've come to know, and in fact, in some cases, men through that organization, I've been able to call on them when I've had a challenge or had an idea or I had a vision for something, and I just wanted to make sure I was staying focused and true to myself. That was just, they they just had a great opportunity for me to reach out to them. So the outreach has been great. 
It sure has. And by the way, if people want to talk to you directly, they can actually come by because there's a you guys have a booth here, don't you? We do. We do. We do. We booth over at um, MD25, I believe is where we are. So so we're out uh, with, with all the other aircraft. So, yeah, we have quite a few airplanes on display. Uh, what do you have here today? What Pipers? So we have the M600 SLS, which is the first time it's been on display with the Autoland system, the Garmin Autoland system. We also have a um, the first factory certified Pilot 100 eyes on display. We have the 1000th Piper Seminole. Oh. Oh, wow. And we also have a brand new Archer that's destined for ATP after this show. Awesome, awesome. As a matter of fact, uh, we were actually just featured at Polk State College where I coached a flight team uh, about how we use Piper aircraft in the training environment at colleges. That's fantastic. And and it really and they are a terrific aircraft. As a matter of fact, somebody here named uh, their their child uh, after, after Piper, didn't well, they? Well, that, that is true. My daughter is 13 years old now, and her name is Piper. That's awesome. And actually, you hear her on some of the announcements here uh, going over the radio station while we're not talking. Right. So she's not here with me, but uh, her voice is. But it's been great. Uh, yeah, and, and yes, she was named after Piper Airplanes. So. What, a, what a testament to our brand and truly what an honor. I mean, it really is. And we didn't set this yeah, up. Yeah, I, I don't get any royalties for that. Or anything. Yeah. I need to get you a hat. <laughs> And, and you actually are involved in flying a Piper right now. Oh, that's true. In fact, you mentioned the M600, and um, I I don't fly M600, but I did just get, uh, I went through an insurance-approved course in the PA46 series, one of the older older PA46s, but I am really excited to come over and look at the M600 oh, and yeah. see yeah. How, it's, <laughs> how it's different from the one I'm flying. You really need to, and then um, we'll have a new, the plane that's here on display, it's getting ready to get its demo software load for the Autoland system, so we can actually perform an Autoland demonstration in that aircraft. So it'll get its new software in the middle of May. Okay. And then we'll be able to do to demonstrate that software without actually declaring an emergency. So yeah, there's like a special load that Garmin <laughs> Some creates for demo us. Demo mode, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's sure, it's sure. worth doing because it's such an amazing experience, and, and and initially a little, it's 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 a little off-putting because you know you're truly autonomously that aircraft is being flown. And landing and stopping on the runway without any pilot input. So, um, but it's also an amazing um, testament to the technology and the advantages that uh, Garmin is really exploring at this time in the marketplace. Well, it is pretty pretty amazing system. I've watched the videos on on the Autoland system on several different models of airplanes, and it's. Uh, I, you know, I guess, you know, as the passenger who doesn't fly, I think, oh, great, I have the safety of a button. But, man, <laughs> testing it as a pilot, that's got to be nerve-wracking for those guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think they, they flew, like, over 400 hours of testing that just in Vero Beach alone. They did, I think it was 400 actual auto land demo landings that they had to do. And then, of course, that was on top of all of the, dem- all of the testing that was done at Garmin in Olathe, Kansas. So it, was, it took years to get to this point, but uh, certainly a team effort. You know, I, there's some demos out there on the internet, by the way, at, at Piper, and they also have a YouTube. Yes. So, so definitely check that out because that was so cool watching those. Uh, one of the things that I think that that people don't realize is is the incredible history of Piper. I had the the fortunate ability to have a Piper aircraft, the number twelfth Cherokee, off the line, uh, and absolutely, it's one of the planes that I got to fly. It's actually older than me. Wow. And that, wow, it's right. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I heard that. The 12th Cherokee, what, 1967? It, had to be 1967, 1968. 1961. 1961. Yeah, and it was, a, it was actually interesting because it was the number 12th off the line. So, uh, wow. What, what was really cool about it is you knew they were having fun with it because the, the test flight was three hours long. Three hours long. Wow. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> and and a, a testament to the aircraft, Piper Tri-Pacer is being given away by some organizations out here uh, that are on the field. It's amazing how how people have can go back like myself 
and say, hey, that's that's my aviation beginning was in that Piper. For me, it was the Tomahawk. Right. And, and I absolutely, and I taught for the, in the Tomahawk for years. Uh, and then we're talking about from that to the simple push-pull pulleys to this incredible yep. system that it, we use for landing the aircraft it, by itself. It really is. It really is. And, and, you know, and to hear you speak with such, you know, pride of the Piper, the first Piper you flew, and then looking at what we're building today, it makes all of us at the factory so incredibly proud so, so one of the things that I think is really important about uh, it, the aircraft and the support you get from Piper is also the organizations that form because of it. There's a lot of different. I'm actually involved in Piper owner organizations that are out there, and and this this again, it's a it's an organization that has people with decades of experience flying Pipers. And, and you will see people that will not look at that other aircraft company's airplanes because of the fact that uh, they're so, you know, wedded to the, to the Piper. What an incredible brand. And, and one of the things that I think is terrific is the fact that you, you've actually done something with the, in the training environment that mm-hmm. I think is terrific. It, it's, remember, you know, the, we had the Cherokee with the cadets, remember that? Yep. We're kind of going to that again, aren't we? We are. We are. We're, we're throwing it back a little bit. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and that's actually some, it's a, it's a, an affordable new aircraft uh, and the affordable is, is a relative term because True. prices have come up quite a bit. But we're seeing those deployed to schools like Spartan. Yes. With That's 32 a, new Pipers. Yep. Yeah, and in fact, um, American Flyers took the first tranche of um, the new aircraft that you're referring to is the Pilot 100i. It's under $300,000. We have one here for this show. But the first launch customer was American Flyers. But we, we've got a lot of schools that some of us may have not heard of because that, that price point of that aircraft is opening the door to a new aircraft purchase to so many other flight schools that in the past couldn't consider a new aircraft purchase because it was, it was just cost prohibitive. So now that we've lowered the price point, we've opened the door to a lot of schools. So it's kind of an exciting opportunity for all of us. Well, you know, guys, it's been great having you here, but we haven't talked to Molly that much. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the Women in Aviation chapter out there on the East Coast and, and, and what it takes to actually run a chapter. So uh, just to have a couple of minutes, but just wanted to, to ask you, you know, first of all, uh, the impact to you in your life uh, with having involvement in a local chapter, uh, how, describe that to us. Um, well, for me, it's made just the... Uh, the entire difference of the world to me. Um, I'm involved in actually uh, about five different clubs at the Florida Tech campus, and women in aviation has been by far my favorite, um, just not only with what it's given me, but what I feel like I'm able to give back, not only to the school, but to the community as well. Uh, we do host Girls in Aviation Day events, um, obviously not uh, this past year due to COVID, um, but we'd have in the past that I've been involved with, and just being able to see the young girls that come in and they look at us and they, they get so inspired because they see like, oh, yeah, there, there are girls who go fly and there are girls in flight school. And it's just something um, that I really feel just absolutely honored and uh, just so happy to be able to give back to the community like that. Well, and I think it's terrific that you're, that you're doing that and the fact that um, we can find out about these chapters by, by going out to the Women in Aviation, WAI.org, but also your Facebook page. And we've been, I've been following you guys, and it's been, been terrific uh, what you've done there. Guys, hey, I really appreciate you coming here and, and describing what you guys do with Women in Aviation. It's, it's really neat to see the future generation of pilots and also the the current generation that's a you know in very much into their careers and and the big family of piper aircraft out here today so don't forget to go check them out at piper.com we forgot to mention the website piper.com <laughs> and check out the folks jackie and also molly over at the booth there we appreciate you having me here 
Harlan Russ, thank you so much for having us. Terrific. Women shine. Don't forget, they're coming back uh, tomorrow. Yes. And hopefully we'll see you guys on the deck. Now with John Talmadge. Talmadge, did I get that right? Okay. Of Avidine. And you are the uh, Vice President of Worldwide Sales and Customer Experience. How are you doing today, John? Hey, good morning. So, uh, so Avidine here, you have a booth? We do. We okay, are great. in. Uh, I think we're finally here. Glad yeah. to be with you, Russ. All right, uh, thank here you. at Sun and Fun again. Thank goodness. Yeah, we have a, a booth in Hangar C and a uh, space just outside of it as well. So either way, if you want the fresh air, you can go to the one outside. Now, now Avidine has been around for a long time, but they're making, especially in recent years, really kind of a, a resurgence. Really. Yeah, that's right. Um, we're 27 years old this year. And uh, we were the first to introduce glass, glass cockpits into the Cirrus, of course. And uh, since then, we've been innovating and primarily um, working on the navigator side, autopilots, things like that. And uh, so we've added some, some new features to those and keep growing them and uh, just keep moving the ball forward. Yeah, I've flown with uh, several of the Avidine equipment. I mean, the starting with the, the Integra system, you know, in, in some of the airplanes in the kind of mid-2000s, I guess it was yep, primarily. Right. Yeah, and, uh, and in the IFD 440 and 540 now, uh, there's a lot of things I really like about that system. I mean, number one, of course, it's retrofit for some of the other GPS units, right? Right, that's exactly right. Yeah. So as ADS-B came about, uh, there were a lot of different solutions which worked really well. Um, we are at heart started off as a GA company, so we will always be committed to uh, GA as well. So a lot of us are old airplane flyers. So I have a uh, Cessna 172, a 1962, which has got a 550 in it. And uh, before that, the last upgrade was a Loran C, I believe. So <laughs> that, That's quite a move. <laughs> yeah, so with ADS-B, we, we uh, are reaching a lot of folks that this may actually be their first time buying a GPS, or if they have, it's certainly different than before. So ease of use and affordability are big, big options for us. Yeah, and it, it's got. I know it's it's got some interesting modern features. I love the little Bluetooth keyboard. Oh, excellent! Yeah, yeah a, a client of mine has one of them, and I got to steer the thing around with typing on my fingers while he's <laughs> trying to figure out what I'm doing. It was great fun. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, connectivity is a big part of it too. So we try to go to the customer the way they fly. So being integrated with uh, built-in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth for four flight. Uh, for our European folks, they use something called Skydeaming quite a bit. So you're able to just. Uh, pop the flight plans back and forth between the two, integrate them and co-locate them in uh, geolocated aircraft image onto your maps on either one. So, you know, those are the things that we sort of look to to make flying easier. We, we go to the customer. Well, speaking of making flying easier, how do you, how different is the, the programming and architecture from something we might be used to? Do you guys have training classes or online tutorials or anybody you would send someone to to kind of learn how to use your equipment? Yeah, we, we absolutely do. So there, we make it multifaceted. So there's several different ways that you can do it. Uh, obviously, Gary Reeves, he was the uh, FAA CFI of the year uh, last year, was uh, has been with us from the very beginning. He does a great job with his flightsafety.org group. We have a, a book that comes out with every IFD right now that was written by uh, Mr. Bauer, and it is a, um, a scenario-based training book, and then we've done videos to go along with each one of those. So we make it very easy for you to learn how to do this. And, of course, there's the free trainer on the, uh, on the, on the apps page that you can just download to, your, to your, uh, your iPad and use it just like you would the IFD. I have downloaded that. <laughs> free is good. Free is a great price, uh, especially for any kind of app like that. Uh, but, I mean, just the ability uh, as a CFI to, to be able to run through some scenarios or something if you know, one of my clients has, has this system is fantastic. Uh, learning how to use it in the, you know, the safety of your own home, 
really nice. Yeah, that's very nice, especially without it. You know, down in Florida, uh, and you know, our friends from Texas can probably appreciate this as well. Uh, you know, when it's 100 degrees, <laughs> that's not the time to be learning how to put a, a flight plan into your navigator if you've never done it before. No, that, that, that can be a little tedious, a little sweat-inducing. It sure is. And you know what's interesting is, Carl Valeri, I, I was, uh, actually uh, had a student that wanted me to go fly in his airplane, and he said to me, he says, here, learn this. And, and it was on the iPad, and it was absolutely a terrific tool that I used uh, with the Avidyne. I have a, a, you know, a history with Avidyne as far as you know, with the old Sirius, and uh, you know, one of our more popular YouTube videos is about the introduction of, of uh, the Sirius SR-22. Fast forward another you know, 10, 15 years, I guess it is, and here I am flying a Cherokee 6XT. And, and sure enough, I jet, jump in the airplane to do another intro. There's the Integra. There it is. <laughs> uh, yep. I was like, hey, wait a minute. This feels very you know, comfortable. One of the comments I get from the videos, both of the videos, is the fact that you actually have such a clean cockpit, and it's easy to use. They notice that right away. When I'm, when I'm introducing it. Thank you. I wish I could take credit for it. That's our engineering and foresight a long time ago, <laughs> before I came along. But yeah, it was. Uh, that's the idea, right? To make it easy to understand how the pilot thinks and progresses through their, um, not just their checklist, but the way they want to input their, uh, their, their flight plan into the FMS if they use that, or just use it like a radio and a GPS map if you want to. So it's, it's both ends of the spectrum, but easy to use it either. One of the things that, that concerns a lot of people out there with GPSs is that, you know, hey, uh, my GPS is now 20 years old. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be supported at some point. Okay. Some point it's, it's going to be obsolete. Right. And uh, yours you know, can replace existing GPSs. But what about yours? I mean, what, do you guys do anything to kind of future proof it? Sure. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so first thing to note is that we still support the first box we ever made. Um, but to future-proof it, we continue to do upgrades that are available. To, we make them to, uh, free to the end users so, to give additional features and to, uh, to grow forward. We've got lots of space in the processor. So think of like a Tesla automobile over-the-air update, very similar to that, where we keep improving the performance and giving new features uh, as they come along. And we've got plenty of space to grow on that. So, but we still support the first box we ever made. Well, that's fantastic. I know it makes a lot of people feel pretty comfortable as they go through this kind of an upgrade process. Well, John, it's been uh, it's been great talking with you. Uh, give, give us a website where we can go to for more information. Yep, thanks. Uh, www.avidyne.com. And also here on the on the campus, how can they find you? Hangar C. You come over to Hangar C. We're in the front door entrance, and we also have an outside uh, area as well if you'd like a little fresh air. Easy to find. Lime green. We appreciate Abadine being here. Really appreciate you folks and what you've done. Uh, the future of aviation. We're going to go to a commercial break. Uh, welcome back to the deck. It's fun and fun. Uh, LiveATC.net slash SNF or AM1510 if you have an AM radio. That'd be great. You can hear us uh, all I, day long there. I have an AM radio. You do? In your car? I, I'm one of the few people that actually listens to it. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and, and, and don't forget, though, if, if you start losing that signal, go to liveatc.net slash SNF. You know, most people are listening to it on their mobile phones. You just listen through a browser. That's for sure. I, I believe that. And you can get that, of course, all, all year round. Uh, listen to this if you're not here today. Uh, but we are now being joined by... Robbie Paul and Jared, who I didn't get your last name, which is a mistake on my part. Yeah, it's Jared Britt. Jared Britt, great. Robbie Paul and Jared Britt from uh, Southern Utah University, and we have the Assistant Chief Pilot and Director of AMT Program. And guys, kick it off. Robbie, uh, you are the Assistant Chief Pilot of the Chuck Aaron Academy and the SEUU. 
Yeah, I'll stop there. Chuck Aaron, yeah. you gotta be. All right. <laughs> That's correct. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so uh, SEU Aviation. Um, so we train airplane pilots, helicopter pilots, and we have our new AMT program, which is why I have Jared here with me today. And we also just started the Chuck Aaron Academy, which we actually have Chuck Aaron himself, who used to fly uh, aerobatics for Red Bull, kind of the father of helicopter aerobatics. Um, he donated his helicopter to our program and has been kind of passing the torch off to um, four of our chief pilots. Um, and uh, we'll fly a couple air shows this year and hopefully in the future maybe even uh, get over here to Sun and Fun and, and fly here for you guys. Chuck Aaron, that's awesome. Have you seen his show? That's amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Are you guys doing that? We are doing exactly what Chuck was doing for Red Bull. We're going to wow. be doing that ourselves as SU Aviation and the Chuck Aaron Academy. Wow. That, that is amazing. I've never seen a helicopter do this. No, it, absolutely like phenomenal. And, and somebody, uh, he's, he is phenomenal, too. He's just uh, such a, a great advocate for aviation and an ambassador. And you guys are so lucky to have him there. Oh, so lucky. And honestly, when you talk about him being an advocate, that's really what he's brought to SU Aviation. We're doing air shows, but that's very secondary to what he's doing. Um, we are teaching a helicopter double IMC and upset recovery course in his helicopter. So we are literally taking pilots out, putting them under foggles or some kind of view-limiting device, and then turning them upside down and teaching them how to recover from those uh, situations in helicopters. It is a first in the helicopter industry. That I believe, because I know that that has been a thing in, in fixed-wing aircraft for, mm-hmm. for a few years, but it's really become important lately. But helicopters, I didn't even know that kind of a program existed, but I can imagine... Oh, it does. I've, I've read some, you know, some stories about helicopters flying an IMC, and that's pretty dangerous. So, yeah. especially if you're not properly trained, so that sounds extremely valuable. Yeah, it is uh, absolutely fantastic. We're really excited about it, um, and I can tell you from personal experience, I'm one of the instructors for that. It is a whole different world to be upside down in a helicopter, especially when you can't see. It's uh, it's some really critical safety training, um, and uh, it's also uh, pretty fun. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I have no doubt about that. How long have you had that program around for? That? Uh, so we just started that just in started. January. Oh, so okay. uh, so just this year we've we've kicked that off. So brand new. Been a pretty good success so far. So far, yeah, we've put several students through already um, and have a lot more scheduled uh, throughout the rest of this year, and we're really pushing. We hope that this is something that becomes standard around the helicopter industry, much like it has become pretty standard in the fixed-wing industry. What other types of... Do you- other types of training do you do additional to the uh, upset recovery stuff? Anything else? So we do a lot of uh, advanced with the Chuck Aaron Academy, just advanced training, the upset, the double IMC. We also teach some tailwheel um, courses, some high-altitude mountain training, Cedar Cities at 5,600 feet. And so we have access to 10,000-foot peaks within a five-minute flight. So we do a lot of that advanced training as well. We do canine law enforcement training uh, in a Bell 407. And then uh, we brought Jared here. We have a, a pretty new, uh, just over a year old AMT program that uh, that's doing quite well. well. Let's talk about that. Jared, you are the director of SU Aviation's AMT program. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah, so um, we launched last January very successfully. And over the past five years, we've been working with industry partners um, and with organizations to try and get the uh, Part 147 rule updated. Uh, we were successful in doing that in December. Uh, that was signed into a new law that uh, is coming out, and it's a complete rewrite of the Part 147 rule, and it updates aviation maintenance training. So that's the unique part about our program is that we designed it off of this regulation, and then we've also been heavily involved in the new, the new airman certification standards that are coming out for AMT, um, and it changes all the requirements that the FAA has on the education portion, uh, and we're able to train in more relative, uh, more newer types of curriculum, um, and we as a university built our program 
as not just a certificate program, but also an associate's degree program that you get at the same time. Sounds fantastic. Can you go in a little bit more detail for someone like me who doesn't really know what's involved in an AMT program, maybe what the uh, changes might have been? Yeah, so um, the current Part 147 requires, uh, the FAA has published in the regulation all of the curriculum requirements. Most of those haven't changed since the 60s. Okay. So as we all know, aircraft technology has advanced quite a bit since the 1960s. Um, and I work with a group called Aviation Technical Education Council. And uh, myself and that group um, have worked together for the last five years to get legislation passed. And it will be the first time uh, in history where an entire FAA regulation rule is removed and replaced by the public, which is what uh, they are two weeks late on their congressional mandate to, to, to do that. Okay. So uh, you mentioned an associate's degree program, right? and you had mentioned something else, but I think I missed it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we have the associate's degree program. So a lot of uh, schools right now will just have the certificate program. We've put an associate's, uh, an accredited associate's degree program within that AMT. So the same amount of time you go to school to get your AMT, you're also getting an accredited associate's degree. And the reason why that matters is because once you're out in the industry, you can come back to our school, finish out your uh, bachelor's degree online. So um, as the industry progresses, a lot of um, supervisory positions, any type of maintenance positions, such as director of maintenance, those things are b being required to have a bachelor's degree uh, to move into now. So we're kind of offering um, almost half of all that in your associate's degree while you get your certificate, get you out working in the field, and then finish your education. Now you, so... Uh are there any relationships between the flight school and the maintenance? Hey, you guys work together pretty closely? or Yeah, we work really closely to, uh, together. In fact, the students come over um, and get to see um, the actual, you know, we have 37 aircraft at SEU, uh, mostly helicopters, and they get to come over and see, get trained on the aircraft that we're actually flying. They're not turning wrenches on them, but they get to see how our actual maintenance team is working on them, how all that works. It is a really great partnership between the maintenance program and the actual flight ops side. So does your maintenance program kind of focus on helicopter stuff or is it more general? Yes, we are focused. And that's one of the beautiful parts of the new part 147 is that schools can actually um, have a lot more freedom in their curriculum. And we are able to focus more on, on helicopters in our area because the industry around our area is very rotor um, specific. There's a lot of tour operators and things like that around there. Uh, where another school on the other side of the country might want to focus on things more commercial aviation-wise. And that's, that's kind of the, one of the big changes in pulling that curriculum out of the regulation and allowing the, uh, the maintenance um, education part of the world uh, to, to actually match the flight a little bit more. Because where uh, the FAA still owns the testing, they get to test us at the end, but they no longer are part of the actual education process in the Part 147. Now, both of you have mentioned your location kind of in passing. We haven't really talked about that, though. Uh, you mentioned Cedar City. Cedar City where? Where is this? Yeah, so <laughs> Cedar City, Utah, so okay. Southern Utah University. Southern Utah. Yep, right. so we're about two hours from Vegas, about four hours from Salt Lake, so kind of down near St. George, if you know where that's I, at. I know exactly where St. So, George is. Yes, yes. <laughs> beautiful place right outside of Zion National Park, right in the mountains, a perfect place to do flight training. Well, weather <laughs> lots of weather <laughs> lots of wind turbulence yeah. hot heat high altitude it's a it's a perfect place it's really really nice that from day one our students are flying in a very very challenging environment and so we feel perfectly comfortable that once they graduate they can go fly anywhere in the world 
Definitely right. Uh, so, you know, we didn't talk about, uh, we talked about your offset recovery training. Do you, do you do normal flight training on private and commercial and that kind of stuff too? We do, yep. So full yeah. um, fixed wing and rotor wing programs. Um, we have one of the largest uh, rotor wing programs in the nation. Um, and uh, really unique about that program in particular is the types of training that our students get as part of the normal program. Every single one of our students is going to get 20 hours of turbine training as part of their normal hours. So they're going to be flying Bell 505s, Bell 206s, uh, have abilities to fly Bell 407s. And they're even uh, uh, getting night vision goggle training. They're getting high-altitude mountain training. Um, and longline training. So we have water buckets and stuff. We train them so they get a taste of firefighting as well. So they're getting taste of all these aspects. So when they come out, they've done more than just fly a basic trainer. Well, you know, you know, Carl, I actually have my helicopter certificate. I, I have do. my commercial helicopter license. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I got it a few years ago. It was not in some fancy turbine <laughs> thing. It was, an R, it was an R22 where I had to have the lightest instructor. I mean, look at me. I'm yeah. a pretty big guy, right? Yeah. So I had to have the lightest instructor. Man, helicopters are ton of fun you ever oh, had yeah. one well yeah i started in a, in a long ranger and uh started in a long range and then a twin star wow. okay and then when i had to pay for it i went to an r22 yeah <laughs> so it, was a, it was a little different it, it is quite expensive i found out flying a turbine i didn't realize how blessed i was to start out uh flying for free in a, in a long ranger uh i was and, and what was interesting is i did a lot of transitions for guys that are going from from rotor to fixed wing <laughs> and i did all a lot of their 135 and things like that and their test flights i got to do for them uh it is a challenge uh the one thing that i think is is the toughest is the hover button <laughs> trying to figure out where that is there is no hover button no hover button well at least not the ones <laughs> but it, it you know what's amazing though is the fact that I, I always asked people in the helicopter world how do you fly IFR and they're like kind of just like an airplane yeah, really similarly. It's a little more challenging because uh, your hands are both uh, very busy the entire time. But uh, that's exactly what we uh, train pilots to do is uh, fly a single pilot IFR, which is really interesting. Uh, single pilot, single engine. That's what our students are coming out with the ability to do. So are we going to be able to meet Chuck Aaron here or at uh, the school possibly? So Chuck is not here for, uh, for this event. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you come out to SUU, Chuck uh, comes out about once a month or so uh, for a week and uh, does some recurrent training, and uh, he really is hands-on with, uh, with the Chuck Aaron Academy and making sure that everything is uh, going as he would like it to. Um, he, he's very, very much involved in what we do. Um, he'll be at a few different air shows this year with us and hopefully uh, quite a few more next year as he uh, passes that torch and we, uh, as the chief pilot, start flying the air shows uh, instead of him. Yeah, you're really blessed to have him, that's for sure. Uh, people can find you out on the Internet at... Uh, yeah, suu.edu um, forward slash aviation. Edu forward slash aviation. Uh, one of the things that I think people don't realize is, is where you talked a little bit about uh, Cedar City uh, and, and where, they're, yeah. where they're located. Uh, it is a challenging environment. It, it really is as far as, as flight training. Uh, and also for, for somebody who's involved uh, in maintenance, they, they can actually, you guys kind of are, are, have synergies there, which is actually awesome. Uh, being able to kind of walk across the ramp and talk to those that are learning aviation from both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And ac we actually have a lot of our student pilots that end up going over and getting their full A&P through that program as well. So very much uh, synergy there. And yeah, you're absolutely right. The weather is, uh, it's a little different environment. Um, we uh, average winds during the summer, 20 plus knots during every single afternoon. And so our students flying an R44 in turbulent winds or even a, even a Cirrus SR20 that's our primary trainer for the fixed wing program, 
Um, it, it is a challenge to get off the ground at 5,600 feet with 20-plus uh, uh, knot winds. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, we're going to do some, some shout-outs next, but I really appreciate you folks coming here today. And, uh, again, they can find you at? suu.edu forward slash aviation. Okay. And, and there's other degrees there, too, besides aviation. So just quickly, what other kind of uh, degrees can they get? That's right. Don't? It's a full university. So we have, uh, we're, we're kind of known for our uh, nursing program and business school as well. So it's not just aviation. Check them out. Uh, we really appreciate your being here today, and they're on the field, uh, and uh, some great videos that are on the website. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you, you very Thanks, much. Guys. Appreciate it. Well, we're back on the deck here live at Sun and Fun Radio, liveatc.net slash SNF is how you can listen to us online. Also, 1510 AM for those of us that have AM radios. You know, this is actually one of my favorite parts of the day because it's lunch with our favorite people at AOPA, and they're so excited about aviation. Russ, I am excited about the fact that there's many people coming in here, and they're inspired by folks like this here at AOPA. Man, we, we have apparently a really good turnout. I was just noticing. I have no service on my cell phone. There's so many people here this morning. It was fine. Yeah, I was just talking to lights about that. Jeez, we, yeah. we have so many people coming in there. Pretty much, great. And the numbers are way up from the year prior that when, when uh, we had the event. <laughs> I'm not talking about the prior year, but the prior time we had the yeah, event. Yeah, right, right. Two numbers years are up. Ago, we're, yeah. we're really happy. And, and you know, Russ, it's, it's been great being able to fly, and people are back in the air. We're getting back. We're doing some flying. And uh, I love the hat you're wearing. And the reason being is we're going to talk to somebody who's involved with the hat you're, you have. And right now it says, you can fly on there. And that's a you can fly program with AOPA. AOPA really does inspire people to fly. And also, they, they're really good about educating people. Uh, there's, they have the Air Safety Institute. We're going to talk to somebody about that. And, and they have these incredible magazines and websites and podcasts. And, you know, there's just daily information, isn't there? Yeah, there's just so much information out there. And some of it, yeah, some of it you're, you need to be a member, but a lot of it you don't. And it's fantastic. I refer my folks to, to AOPA videos and the, the Air Safety Foundation part of it and all that routinely. Yeah, and, and joining us today, uh, speaking of AOPA, is uh, Richard McSpadden, uh, Air Safety Institute, and uh, we also have uh, Elizabeth Tenyanson with the You Can Fly program. Guys, welcome to the deck. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here and see people out, see the airplanes. It's really time to be back at it, and I'm so, so grateful to be here today. Likewise, and the weather's just great, isn't it? So all that weather blew through on Sunday, and we all stayed at home, and then we all jumped in our airplanes and came down yesterday. So good stuff. You know, uh, speaking about jumping into airplanes, most people at AOPA are very much involved in general aviation and flying, obviously inspiring aviators. Uh, but we've all been doing some flying lately, and, uh, and you guys have been doing some flying, too, from what I hear. As a matter of fact, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about today's flying. Beautiful day. You got to do something really fun, didn't you? I got really lucky today. <laughs> I got to do something that I have dreamed of and I know lots of other people dream about, and that was take a ride with the AeroShell team. Wow. It was incredible. Wow. Beautiful, smooth <laughs> air, gorgeous, just, uh, you know, the sun coming up, and really amazing. And to watch those guys fly... You know, it felt like a pretty tight formation to me, especially when we were doing loops and rolls. Uh, but they told us it's nothing compared to what they do in the show. They gave you the tame version? Is that what they're saying? Well, that's what they're saying, but it sure <laughs> felt like I could reach out and touch my neighbor. Sure. So, yeah, it was pretty incredible. And, you know, that's the kind of special flying that we all love to do once in a while. Well, for them, I guess it's every day. But right. for some of us, it's, it's maybe a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But 
it's the everyday flying too that's so much fun you know came down here in a bonanza had a great flight down beautiful weather uh just you know gorgeous exactly the reasons we fly yeah the, the views from the cockpit the views from the aircraft you can't beat it i mean it, you really can't and that's why we're so passionate about aviation uh another thing too is the people i mean these events you get to see the people that's it's your flying family really is is what it is isn't it absolutely and you know we have missed the people that we look forward to seeing every year it was hard to be without them for a whole year and starting to see them come out and talk to us. We're having great conversations. You know, I hope people will come visit us at the AOPA tent. We're having lots of good conversations and talking to the people and about the things that we love. Yes, aviation is something we all love, no matter what part of aviation you're involved with. Uh, you know, you do some great work at, at You Can Fly, and I think uh, the initiatives have really uh, shown some progress over the, the, the many years that's, that's been out there from many different levels. And that's the one cool thing about it. From someone who's an airline pilot like myself wanting to get back into flying uh, to somebody who's just getting started. Uh, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about that program, the You Can Fly program. You bet. The You Can Fly program is really all about meeting people where they are and getting them in the air and keeping them in the air. So we start at the high school level. Right now, we have more than 8,000 kids across the country taking our high school program. And that's a four-year aviation STEM program. So they really learn the nitty-gritty. And then they can earn uh, an FAA knowledge test. They can pass the knowledge test or they can earn a remote pilot certificate. So that's an incredible thing that's going on right now. You know, we also have a brand new uh, flight training app that we're releasing, and the app is all about making the process more efficient and easier, and it actually adapts to the student's progress. So as the student uh, takes lessons, the app will recommend what should come next for them, helps the uh, instructor with their record keeping. It's just a great way to bring sort of the modern world into flight training. So if oh. somebody's listening, though, can they find out about this? How? You bet. Come to the AOPA.org website, and you can find all of this here. Uh, there is a You Can Fly tab right at the top, but you can also search for any of these things. Awesome. You know, it's really cool to hear about you flying. And, uh, you know, people of all different levels uh, in aviation are out there actually flying airplanes. Uh, Richard, actually, you've been flying, too, haven't you? Quite a bit, yeah. So um, you mentioned it right when you came on. I, I think the number one uh, hiring criteria at AOPA is are you passionate about protecting this mm-hmm. freedom to fly, you know? And uh, you don't have to be a pilot, but we want you to be passionate about that. And that's what's so much fun to work at AOPA is we, we all just love what we do and uh, love protecting this thing that's so great in this country. It's like, it's like nowhere else. And so, yeah, I have a Super Cub uh, that I bought, and uh, I flew a Super Cub down here and uh, had a great flight uh, yesterday. A little bit bumpy down low, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you get up high 6,500 or somewhere in there, 7,500, and there's a pretty good tailwind coming down. So, you know, if I'm seeing 130 miles an hour across the ground in a Super Cub, I'm really, really yeah, happy. Yeah, you're doing good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. impressive. <laughs> that's right. All yeah. right. Yeah. Good stuff. So, and what's interesting is that uh, here you are flying a Super Cub and, and involved, you know, you're in the You Can Fly, you get to, you know, inspire so many different aviators. Uh, you're kind of on, I always say the opposite end of that, which I, I'm not sure that's the best way to say that. But, uh, you know, the Air Safety Institute does some great stuff out there. Uh, it, it's a little more measured than, than, the, than the folks that are, are really out there cheerleading for aviation, but an incredibly important part of AOPA. So explain to us a little bit about Air Safety Institute yeah. and what they do. Thanks, right? Um, you know, right from the beginning when AOPA started, it was all about protecting uh, this great thing we have, keeping it affordable and safety right from the start, and it still is. 
Elizabeth and I are very much colleagues. You know, she gets them flying and keeps them flying, and we want them flying safely. So we are very well integrated in the stuff that we put out and how we put out. We'll get their input on uh, things that we can be attractive to people that are wanting to come back into flying. They'll get our input on stuff for safety for the programs they're running. So um, we love that. She gets them flying, and we keep them flying safely. That's kind of how we think about it. Yeah, and, and I think that's important, especially to our friends uh, that are, are not aviators. And then we, we want to keep this safe for many reasons. Uh, and one, one of them is, you know, obviously we're ambassadors. And when someone comes up and says, is this safe? We can say yes, and it's getting better because of the initiatives through the Air Safety Institute. And I think that's terrific. And hats off to what you guys have been doing, that's for sure. Oh, thank you. Hey, uh, where can they find out more about this? Because I know there's a lot of classes online. Mm, yeah, all, almost all of our stuff is free. We run a flight instructor refresher course that you know you have to pay if you're a flight instructor. But the rest of the stuff, which was utilized over 12 million times last year, Carl, our stuff in the Air Safety Institute, wow. free, the people that donate to our foundation. So much like Elizabeth and the You Can Fly program, our programs are funded through donations to the foundation. So we love people to join. We need your strength and membership, and it, it supports all the other great stuff AOPA does. Our stuff, You Can Fly and the Air Safety Institute, is, uh, is through uh, f- uh, donors, and they like that it's free to anyone because uh, good safety numbers in GA just supports everybody. I, I, as I mentioned before, I have used many of your, your videos and training products and stuff in my flight instruction work, and, and you've got all kinds of topics and on everything. <laughs> if there's an issue, I, just, I can find one and send it to my student or whatever, and, and we, can, we can use that as a talking point and such and go, yeah. and go from there, yeah. You know, we think about it. If you want to influence, if you want to impact how pilots fly, you have to influence how they think, and you can't do that until you reach them. And the way to reach them is with engaging quality materials. So we put a lot of time and effort into not just the instruction quality, but the production quality of our material that goes out. I know you guys are big podcast fans, and we are too. We have a podcast called There I Was, free on iTunes, where we talk to pilots in demanding situations. That podcast has been downloaded over 3 million times. Sure. Well, every, people, we want to hear stories like that, right? Yeah. We want to hear stories about what, ha- what, you, what people did and what happened to them and... How can we affect, you know, change our flying to, you know, based on that? So that's great, great stuff. You know, before we wrap up here, I think it's important that we make sure that we, we have people know where they can go to find more about ALPA. Right there. Uh, and I make you bet we could point at it. Yeah, we can. But, on, but on the radio, <laughs> they can't see us. are a few hundred feet from where we're sitting right now, yeah. <laughs> but as we're pointing, they can't see us. So where can they find you? I know there's, uh, we're looking at the tent right here outside the radio station. Uh, you know, Elizabeth, where can they find us? Well, you can find us, obviously, here at Sun and Fun, but we're also available online all the time. Please come and see us at AOPA.org. You can reach both the You Can Fly team and the Air Safety Institute team. You can search for specific things that you're looking for or just come browse. We've got a lot to offer out there. Uh, I know Richard and his team are always producing new products that you'll enjoy checking out and help you fly more safely. Awesome, guys. We have our next guest coming up here, but we're going to have uh, Russ do some shout-outs here. We really appreciate what you've done uh, with Air Safety Institute. And also remember, when you get those notices in the mail, uh, all that money goes to the Air Safety Institute and, and their programs there. Same thing with the You Can Fly program, correct? Right. We are entirely donor-funded. Awesome. Guys, I really appreciate your being here. AOPA.org, Lunch with AOPA. It's every day, same time, 12.05. And, and we really appreciate, like I said, the, the people at AOPA truly are, like you said, passionate aviators that are actually really ambassadors 
to the aviation community. So check them out, aopa.org. They have all sorts of stuff out there, podcasts, videos. You can learn things and all sorts of demonstrations and seminars that they're going to do right here at Sun and Fun. We're going to go do some uh, shout-outs and then bring on our, our next guest. It's going to be from NORAD. Thank you, Carl. Today joining us is actually somebody that, uh, and it's an organization that I track uh, Santa Claus with every year, but they do much more <laughs> than that. And uh, joining us today is Trevor Boswell, uh, Trevor Boat Boswell, and uh, he's actually somebody who's actually with Norad. And welcome, welcome to the deck, man. This well, is awesome having you here. Well, thanks so much, Carl. Appreciate it. Russ, nice to meet you both. Yeah, you too, it's uh, really great to be here, finally. Yeah, finally. And, and uh, don't forget that you guys have a booth here, and it's really a popular booth, that's for sure. Uh, and, and you guys do a, a, just an incredible job. You really inspire people, which I think is ni- really neat. Well, yeah, we look to, you know, obviously reach out and, and speak with everybody that's interested in what we do. And uh, we'll you know, obviously talk about that here today. But, uh, yeah, we're so, we're so happy to be here. Obviously disappointed not, uh, to not be able to come last year. But um, really excited for this show and uh, getting to ch- ch- chat with everybody. So uh, tell us a little, you know, some people don't understand what NORAD is and, and what they do. So maybe kind of give us a quick overview. Well, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, obviously we like our home, the United States, Canada, Alaska, all those good things that we love about our country, and we need to protect that. So that is our responsibility. That's our job. And so we work with uh, Air National Guard and reserve units around the country uh, to include some active duty at various points and uh, coordinate with them to launch if there is somebody that violates a restriction of uh, you know various types. Typically, they're the temporary flight restrictions that uh, most people know and, and love in the NOTAMs. Uh, sometimes it's the uh, air defense intercept zone on the uh, coastlines and whatnot, but uh, throughout all of North America minus uh, Mexico, uh, we are uh, responsible for making sure that uh, we are all safe. So when I'm monitoring 21.5 and I say uh, aircraft two miles north of Washington, D.C., uh, it would and this is the U.S. Air Force, that would be you they're talking to? Well, that would be the local air traffic controller that's in resp- you know, it's responsible for that uh, airspace itself. But we are in coordination with the FAA, air traffic control centers across the country, um, to make sure that they're sta- following the standardized procedures that we have set forth in the NOTAMs and uh, making sure that they are um, adhering all the, the uh, population around uh, the, uh, those facilities are uh, following all the rules prescribed. Well, I think what would be interesting is uh, if you could kind of take us through a, a, a standard, uh, you know, intercept. So here I am in my Cessna, uh-huh. head to right at the White House or whatever, you know, not paying attention. Yep. Uh, how, how does the process work? Sure. So uh, obviously it has to start with somebody that's going to try to do something that's not good. Uh, so uh, whether that's on purpose or just ignorance, whatever the case may be. Um, that's uh, what we've got going on there. So uh, there, let's call it a Cessna that's uh, you know tracking towards the um, White House, and they enter the zone, uh, and that is not a temporary flight restriction. That is a permanent uh, special flight rules area. Um, but they're going to trespass that. And so we're tracking them all the time um, and looking at the flight paths of all the aircraft that are going around the you know greater Washington, D.C. area. And if they look like they're on a vector, um, and at an airspeed and altitude that's going to cause us potentially some issues, then uh, we may start to ask some questions to air traffic control. They're going to see it first, though, the local control there, and they're going to start the process of trying to reach out to that aircraft and say, hey, you've, you've trespassed one border, all right, no harm, no foul. If you're gone on a flight plan, an IFR clearance or a special flight rules clearance uh, that you filed, that, that part is okay. That's the good part of the mission planning process. 
The bad part is when the people don't know that they're in a space that they're not supposed to be. Yeah. So if they're on a vector that looks like we're going to need to launch somebody, then they'll activate that local uh, unit. And so for Washington, D.C. area, that could actually not just be a, um, an aircraft of a uh, fixed wing type. It could be a Coast Guard uh, asset, so a helicopter, uh, depending on the speed of the track that we are following. And uh, if it's a slower speed, then you expect a helicopter to come up, a Coast Guard helicopter typically, uh, and they will look to intercept you so that you stay outside of the 10-mile buffer uh, that we have set up around specifically the White House, Pentagon, those types of places. Now, go ahead. Yeah, one of the things I was going to ask you is about, uh, from a practical standpoint, we're general aviation pilots here. Yeah. And and by the way, uh, there's some great resources at at NORAD, norad.mil slash generalaviation.com norad.mil slash generalaviation.com they're also in hangar a booth 85 so go talk to them they have tons of resources but but as far as if now we get to the the next point where we're actually intercepted and we see somebody um i've only seen that a few times but it it gets pretty exciting in a a general aviation aircraft i i I think exciting would be a nice way to put it yeah definitely would be a uh, a bit of a shock i would assume if you're not expecting a you know potentially an f-16 or an f-15 maybe even f-22 depending on where you're at uh to come show up next to you um and just realize that we fly in pairs uh, and so the one that you see is not the one that's you know potentially getting ready to take action against you if you're going to continue to, to uh, not follow the rules. But uh, yeah, you'd look over and you'd expect to see them rocking their wings, trying to get your attention. If you're not monitoring uh, 121.5 uh, guard frequency, um, then uh, they will have been trying to get a hold of you on that frequency for probably quite some time. Uh, and then uh, expecting hand signals uh, or... Um, you know, wing rocks, et cetera, uh, to get you to leave the track uh, direction that you're currently going on to include them flaring. Uh, so they would expel flares from the back of the aircraft uh, and try to, uh, we call it a headbutt maneuver. Uh, it sounds much more violent than it actually is. It's really just us moving you and telling you to come follow us to a different direction so that we can keep you from going inside the uh, further restricted airspace. I think one of the one of the things you hear and, and you know from from pilots when they're talking about this is well I'm flying a Cessna one seventy two I'm just going to slow this down to sixty five knots and that F sixteen is never going to be able to get me because it can't fly so that's not going to work is it uh, it definitely will not so the one like I said the one that you see next to you is not the one that you right. really need to be concerned about uh, when it comes to uh, a threat to your uh, life and livelihood so uh, it's the one that's about two to three miles behind you that's just following you at about seventy knots and yes we can go that slow. <laughs> you know, Trevor, uh, you, you have a, a, a flight outfit right here. Where What is it that you fly? Uh, so I flew F-16s while I was actively flying. Currently, I'm in a staff position at NORAD, so that's a non-flying position right now. Um, but I did fly F-16s and have uh, practiced these types of maneuvers and work with the pilots around the country that do execute these on a regular basis. Uh, 24-7 operation, 365 uh, days a year, and like you talked about in the intro, uh, we do uh, make sure that Santa's uh, following all the rules as well. All right, so uh, just because he's going uh, across international lines or across uh, the oceans, uh, he's still responsible for following the rules, just like all the regular pilots out there as well. And, and I know I'm up late at night watching that. And, and, and <laughs> absolutely, it's, it's really exciting. You know, actually, if you you go to the booth, you can find out more definitely about definitely Santa. And also, you know, another thing I think people don't think about is they say there's no way I could do that. You know, I, I don't know how I could get involved in that. Say as a career. I mean, uh, how about careers? I mean, how do you get involved in something like NORAD? In NORAD, well, I've, you know, I was an active duty pilot for about 12 and a half years. And then I've joined the um, Air Force Reserves since I've left active duty. Um, but uh, we have active duty personnel. We have civilian personnel uh, that are government service employees. Uh, and then we have reservists as well and guardsmen that are all working under the NORAD uh, branch. And it's not just the Air Force. We have Navy, we have Army, and the Canadians are also on, on the team as well. 
make me feel more comfortable as a citizen. I know there's NORAD, and I, I, there's not everything you can talk about, but uh, it the way I envision it, it's like a safety net. I guess that's maybe a good way to, to describe it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're... On a practical basis, you know, do things ever get by you? Um, you know, I there's nothing that I'm aware of that's going to get by us, right? Uh, we've got eyes on this 24-7, like I said, and uh, we've got a lot of very dedicated and passionate people that... Uh, you know, are are there explicitly uh, by choice? It's a you know all volunteer force, and they are there to defend all the freedoms that we are uh, able to enjoy. Um, and you know, our our motto is we have the watch, and we definitely do. Yeah, and that's I'll, I didn't want to put you on the spot too much, but it, <laughs> I think people need to understand that these guys they're out there twenty four seven, and it's a huge huge organization of people, pilots, and civilians. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one thing that most pilots probably don't realize, and I hope I hope this is going to lead to the answer I'm looking for here, <laughs> is I mean I've never flown in you know been intercepted or whatever. Yeah. But I imagine for you guys, it's happening pretty re- regularly. Uh, it's right. You know, since we've come to, and started doing these outreach programs at air shows and everything, we have actually seen a really good drop in right. the number of intercepts right. Right. that are going on. And awesome. I think you know for the the listeners at home, the real reason that we're out here is. One, to make sure that you know how to respond as appropriate. But the, the biggest key factor is let's fix the problem where it begins. And it's the Absolutely. lack of plan, mission planning uh, that goes on sometimes before somebody goes airborne. So uh, really, you know, the big thing is we want to make sure that everybody's doing their due diligence in the NOTAMs, checking where the TFRs are. Uh, and you can go to our website, uh, like we said, www.norad.mil slash general aviation and find the uh, appropriate resources to get that mission planning done. Well, Trevor, this has been awesome having you here. And we could sit here and talk about NORAD for hours, that's for sure. Uh, unfortunately, we only have about a minute and a half. So, <laughs> so make sure you go uh, talk to Trevor at the booth here or even online. Uh, Trevor, I've got to ask you this, though. I noticed your call sign's boat. How did you get that call sign? Well, it's, it's going to be more than about a minute uh, to explain the story. Oh, it's but uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a long acronym. Uh, but uh, short answer, blind on assisted trail. Uh, and... Uh, the even shorter answer is don't do something stupid and you won't get a stupid call sign. I think that's <laughs> most call signs, though. That's exactly not? right. Yes. That's exactly right. <laughs> Trevor, thanks for your service. We appreciate all the service of all the folks there and keeps us safe. I told you that safety net. Uh, I, I really, it's amazing how passionate most of the folks are that work at NORAD, uh, maybe because they track Santa, but also maybe because they realize that what they're doing is keeping us safe as civilians, and we really do appreciate that. Well, Russ and Carl, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate the uh, chance to speak to everybody. Again, Hangar A, booth 85. At uh, You can go see them at norad.mil slash generalaviation.com. What's really important for us as general aviation pilots is to learn more so we don't ever have to see them except at Sun and Fun and, uh, and air shows all throughout the country. I appreciate everything that they do, everybody in the military, especially the folks here at NORAD, but keeping us safe. Don't forget, you're listening to us right now on liveatc.net slash SNF and also 1510 AM. We'll be here throughout the show. And when the air show starts, don't stop listening to us. If you're going to be driving around the campus, you can listen to us liveatc.net slash SNF. The After Landing Checklist. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed those interviews, chats from the deck day one. Don't forget, we're going to have some more of those chats from the deck. You can listen live, liveatc.net slash SNF. You also can go to snfradio.com to check out some of those chats from the deck. Appreciate you guys listening. We're going to do another episode of some of Bill English's field interviews, maybe some more of Russ Rosleski's, but definitely some more chats from the deck. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe line out there. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. 
Members of the Stock Mike Appcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.